0: Welcome to episode 223 of The Word Encounter. And without further ado, let's jump right into this because we've got a lot to cover today. First of all, I made a mistake yesterday. And uh, as we were in uh, chapter 11 of Acts, I didn't complete the entire chapter. There was uh, from verse uh, 19 on where I did not cover. And so this is kind of important. So I'm going to cover this and then we're going to jump forward into chapter 13 of the book of Acts. So we're in chapter 11. In verse 19, the title says, the church in Antioch. And now uh, now those who had been scattered as a result of the persecution that started because of Stephen made their way as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch. Now remember, Stephen was stoned to death, and after Stephen was martyred and killed, then the rest of the uh, disciples, not the apostles, but the disciples and those following Jesus, they scattered throughout the territory. And it says, um, as a result of those being scattered, uh, they went to Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, speaking the, word to no, uh, speaking the word to no one except Jews. So they only spoke, they only preached the gospel to Jews as they spread out. In verse 20, it says, but there were some of them men from Cyprus and Cyrene who came to Antioch and began to speak to the Greeks also. And so in Antioch, Antioch is a very important uh, uh, city. Matter of fact, probably the most important city uh, in Christendom after Jerusalem. Okay. And so then we see that uh, men from Cyprus and Cyrene came to Antioch and began to speak to the Greeks also, proclaiming the good news about the Lord Jesus. The The Lord's hand was with them, and a large number who believed turned to the Lord. News about them reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to travel as far as Antioch. Now, remember, Barnabas was a man full of faith and whatnot, but I don't recall him being listed as one of the apostles. Maybe he was, but I just don't recall. But we'll see that pretty soon Barnabas is going to be numbered with the apostles if he hasn't already uh, 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 had that commissioning. In verse 23, it says, uh, When he arrived, when he, Barnabas, arrived, Uh, and saw the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged all of them to remain true to the Lord, um, true to the Lord with devoted hearts. And then we see in verse 24, for he was, for he being Barnabas, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a large number, and large numbers of people were added to the Lord. So Barnabas was full of the spirit. He was devout. He was committed. And, um, and they're going to refer to him as an apostle, as I said earlier, later on, if he isn't one now. Verse 25, then he went to uh, Tarsus to search for Saul. When he found him he, brought to him, he brought him to Antioch. So he went to find Paul. And then when he found Paul, he brought him to Antioch. For the whole year they met with the church and taught large numbers. The disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. And so we see Antioch is a, is a very important place as we go uh, through the gospel story, okay? And so with that, let's go on to chapter 13. And it says, preparing the mission field in verse 1. It says, "Now uh, Now in the church at Antioch there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menin, a close friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said... Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And so they're, they're worshiping and they're praying. And the Holy Spirit, I guess, is speaking to all of them saying, OK, commission essentially Barnabas and Saul. I have a work for them to do. Then after they had fasted, prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them off. So this was the custom. You know, it's still a custom today. When you send people off, you lay hands on them, you bless them, infuse them, impart, them, impart to them power, faith and belief and send them off says, the mission to Cyprus. And so um, when they had traveled the whole island as far as Pamphos, so this is, uh, um, this is Saul or Paul and Barnabas, they came across a sorcerer, a Jewish false, po- false prophet named Bar-Jesus. He was, he was with the proconsul, Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. A man the man this man summoned Barnabas and Saul and wanted to hear the word of God. And so we have the false prophet Bar Jesus uh, is, is accompanying uh, the proconsul, but the proconsul wants to hear what Paul and Barnabas have to say. It says in verse 8, but uh Elimas, who who is also Bar Jesus, but Elamus the sorcerer. For that is the meaning of his name, opposed them and tried to turn the pro the pro-council away from the faith. So apparently, Saul and, and Barnabas are, are spreading the good news to the pro-council, Sergius, and but Elamus doesn't, he's not down with this. So he's trying to turn the pro-council away from what they're preaching. It says in verse 9: But Saul, uh, excuse me, but Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, stared straight at Elamus and said, you are, you are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery, you son of the devil, an enemy of all that is right. call him an enemy that, of, <laughs> an enemy of all that is right. <laughs> if something is right, you're against it, then it implies if something is wrong, then you're for it. Won't you ever stop perverting the straight paths of the Lord? Now look, the Lord's hand is against you. You are going to be blind and will not see the sun for a time. Immediately a mist of darkness fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. And so temporarily the Lord made uh, Iliumus blind because he was working against him. In verse 12, uh, Then when he saw what happened, the proconsul believed because he was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. And so it seems like the Lord was using Iliumus's antagonism in order to get the pro-council to believe, in order to confirm what Paul and Barnabas were saying to him. You know, sometimes things happen. We don't know why, but the Lord is working. Paul's sermon in Antioch. It says in verse 13, Paul and his companions set sail for uh, Paphos and came to Perga in Pamphylia but John left them and went back to Jerusalem now John left them and went back to Jerusalem who is this John this is John Mark this is the author of the gospel of Mark and so he was with them and he left now there are speculations why he left some believe that there was tension between him and Paul and that Paul um for for and then he left them okay some think that he may have been ill some think that he may have um uh, uh, um, uh, couldn't handle the journey uh, uh that they were about to uh, impart on or, or partake of and so we really don't know but later on we'll see that uh it could be because Paul there was tension and Paul wasn't wasn't uh for lack of a better term he wasn't feeling John Mark okay <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't sure that he could uh rely on him or or whatever and so there was a schism Okay, there was a rift, and John left. And then it says, on the Sabbath day, they went into the synagogue and sat down. After the reading of the law and the prophets, the leaders, um, the leaders of the synagogue sent words. I'm saying, brothers, if you have any word of encouragement for the people, you can speak. Paul stood up and motioned with his hand and said, 'Uh, Fellow Israelites and you who fear God, listen. So he's calling out fellow Israelites and those who fear God. And then Paul goes on to recite, you know, the history of the Israelites, you know, going back to to Abraham, Moses and and, you know, and the, the Egyptian experience, the wilderness experience, you know, going through the whole thing, David and, and going through the whole experience. And then it says in verse 23, after he's talked about David, he says, from this man's descendants, David, uh, as he promised, God brought to Israel the Savior, Jesus. Before his coming to public attention, John had previously proclaimed a baptism of repentance to all people of Israel. And so this is a, remember, Paul is now preaching to the people. He was, he was invited to preach to the people in the, in the, in the land that they're in. And uh, and so he went through the history and he's bringing them uh, to David and then uh, using David to introduce Jesus. And so he jumps to John, say what John's mission was, to proclaim to herald in Jesus And then he goes on and says in verse 26, brothers and sisters, children of Abraham's race and those among you who fear God, it is to us that uh, that the word of this salvation has been sent. So Paul is teaching them. God has sent this word of salvation through Jesus to us. Since the residents of Jerusalem and their rulers did not recognize him or the sayings of the prophets that are read every Sabbath. And so Paul is saying, you know, but in the, in Jerusalem back in Jerusalem it says that the rulers didn't recognize this Jesus even though every sabbath they read this stuff from the prophets and they still didn't see that it was Jesus it says they have fulfilled their words by condemning him in other words the the the, the religious leaders uh, in Jerusalem fulfilled their words because uh, in the old testament the prophet uh, the prophesying and uh, the prophets excuse me the, the prophecies from the prophets going forth uh, was that uh, they foretold what would happen. And those uh, the religious leaders and whatnot were actually fulfilling what was being prophesied, even though they didn't realize it. And it says, though they found no grounds for the death uh, for the death sentence, they asked Pilate to have him killed. But God raised him from the dead and he appeared for many days to those who came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are now his witnesses to the people. And we ourselves proclaim to you good news of the promise that was made to our ancestors. And so, and so again, so uh, Paul is bringing them current. Okay. He went all the way back, you know, into Old Testament times and then is bringing them current into the death and the resurrection of Jesus. So he's, he's being a lawyer. He's stating his case you know he's presenting a case to the people to the jury if you will so that they will rule in favor of Jesus so that they will believe Jesus in verse 34 it says as to his raising from the dead never to return to decay he has spoken in this way i will give you uh, the holy and sure promises of david therefore he also says in a, in another passage you will not let your holy one see decay for david after serving god's purposes in his own generation, fell asleep and was buried with his fathers and decayed. David died and decayed, but the one Jesus raised up will not decay. Therefore, let it be known to you, brothers and sisters, that through this man, forgiveness of sins is being proclaimed to you. Because Jesus was raised from the dead and will not decay. Paul is uh, is saying, okay, this is the proof. And this is why you can believe that through this man, You can have your sins forgiven. In verse 39, therefore, everyone uh, who believes is justified through him from everything that you could not be justified from through the law of Moses. And so Paul is saying, look, through Jesus, uh, you can be justified from everything that you couldn't be justified through by trying to keep the law of Moses. In other words, Jesus is greater than the law of Moses. This is what he's putting forth. So beware, that you, uh, so beware that what is said in the prophets does not happen to you. And so now he's going to give them a warning. And, and this is from an Old Testament prophecy. It says in verse 41, Look, you scoffers, marvel and vanish away, because I am doing a work in your days, a work that you will never believe, even if someone were to explain it to you. So Paul is there explaining them a work And he knows that there are those there who will never believe, even though he is, in fact, explaining it to them. He's pointing them to an Old Testament prophecy as far as what's going on right now in that day. Paul and Barnabas in Antioch is the next section. It says in verse 44, the following Sabbath, almost a whole town assembled to hear the word of the Lord but when the jews saw the crowds they were filled with jealousy and began to contradict what paul was saying insulting him and so not just the jews the the, the religious leaders you know these these le- leaders they were jealous because of the crowds that were coming in obviously they couldn't get the same degree of crowds to come in and they were filled with jealousy and then they began to be um uh, uh obstinate they began to to be contradictory okay <laughs> Paul and Barnabas boldly replied, it was necessary that the word of God be spoken first to you. Since you reject it and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life, (laughs) since you reject this word of God and think of yourself too lowly to have access to eternal life, we are turning to the Gentiles. For this is what the Lord has commanded us. And then he quotes scripture, Old Testament scripture. I have made you a light for the Gentiles to bring salvation to the ends of the earth. You know, and so he said, look, since you've rejected what the Lord has wanted to do, then I am going to uh, present this gospel to the Gentiles. And so uh, the scriptures found is Isaiah Isaiah 49, verse 6. And then in uh, verse 48 here. It says, when the Gentiles heard this, they rejoiced and honored the word of the Lord and all who had been appointed to eternal life believed. And so the, the, the Gentiles, the non-Jews heard that, hey, since you Jews are, turn, you know, are turning this gospel down, then it's being offered to the Gentiles. So the Gentiles now start, stand up and start hooting and hollering. Yeah, yeah, we can have eternal life. <laughs> In verse 50, but the Jews incited the prominent God-fearing women and the leading men of the city. They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their district. But Paul and Barnabas shook the dust off their feet against them and went to Iconium. And so the Jews rejected their message when they were preaching. And they said, "Okay, you don't want this message. We're going to do just as Jesus taught us to do. We're going to shake the dust off our feet and we're going to go on to the next place. And so let's see. uh, Yeah. So again, they're in Cyprus here when they're trying to do, uh, they're not trying to actually are spreading the gospel because people are coming to the Lord, but they're met with opposition from the Jewish establishment. And so they shake the dust off their feet and they scat to the next place. So let's go to chapter 14. It says growth, uh, growth and persecution in Iconium. And so they left Cyprus they sailed over to Iconium and it says in Iconium, they entered the Jewish synagogue as usual and spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. So wherever they went, they spoke with power. They didn't, they weren't meek. They spoke with power, but the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So they stayed there a long time and spoke boldly for the Lord. <clears throat> Let's see. So they stayed there a long time and spoke boldly for the Lord, who testified to the message of his grace by enabling them to do signs and wonders. And so they were speaking with power, but they weren't just using words because the Lord was confirming what they were saying with signs and wonders and miracles. But the people of the city were divided, even though this was happening, even though the word was being confirmed and they were seeing things they never saw before. It says the people of the city were divided. Some siding with the Jews and others with the apostles. When an attempt was made by both Gentiles and Jews, uh, when an attempt was made by both Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to mistreat and stone them, they found out about it and fled to Lystra and Derbe and to the surrounding countryside so um, they uh, they attempted, the Jews didn't like this and some of the Gentiles didn't like this, I, I don't know why the Gentiles wouldn't like it but some of the Jews and Gentiles didn't like it and so they planned to stone them but they found out about it and they got out of Dodge then it says in verse 7 it says, uh, there they continued pre- preaching the gospel, there being in Lystra and Derbe and the surrounding countryside. It says, mistaking, gods in Lystra, mistaking for gods in Lystra. Verse 8, in Lystra, a man was sitting who was without strength in his feet, had never walked, and had been lame from birth. He listened as Paul spoke. After looking directly at him and seeing that he had faith to be healed, now this is important, He listened as Paul spoke after looking directly at him, after Paul looking directly at him and seeing that he had faith to be healed. So Paul looked right at him and saw that he had faith. I think that's critical. Paul said in a loud voice, stand up on your feet. And he jumped up and began to walk around. When the the crowd saw uh, what Paul had done, they shouted saying in the Lyconian language, The gods have come down to us in human form. Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul they called Hermes, and Paul they called Hermes because he was the chief speaker. So the people, when they saw this, now they're thinking that Paul and Barnabas are gods, and they've renamed them by the names after gods Zeus and Hermes. Verse 13 The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the town, brought bulls and reeves to the gates because he intended with the crowds to offer sacrifices. So they were gonna offer animal sacrifices to Paul and Barnabas. In verse 14, the apostles Barnabas and Paul tore their robes when they heard this. You know, that wasn't when you tear your robe, that's a sign of of just like complete and utter, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, It's not sorrow, something, something, it's like uh, grief. And so just complete grief. And rushed, and so they tore their robes and rushed into the crowd shouting, people, why are you doing these things? We are people also just like you. And we are pro- proclaiming good news to you that you turn from these worthless things, These wor- this worthless thing you're about to do, awkward sac- uh, sacrifices to other people, that's a worthless thing, that you turn from these worthless things to the living God who made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. In verse six, uh, 16 it says, In past generations, he God allowed all nations to go their own way, although he did not leave himself without a witness. So he said, look, God allowed people to worship their own gods and go their own way in past generations. And but even in those past generations and in those other lands. He did not leave himself without a witness. What was his witness? Since he did what is good by giving you rain from heaven and fruitful seasons and filling you with food and your hearts with joy. And so you could eat, you could breathe, you could live, uh, uh, you know, you could have joy and, what, and whatnot. These are all the witnesses of God. These things witness to God. See, these things, witnesses aren't just people proclaiming. Witnesses nature itself. We drop down to verse 19. People are fickle, I tell you. It says, some Jews came from Antioch in Iconium, and when they won over the crowds, so they came to where Paul and Barnabas were, and it says, when those Jews won over the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, thinking he was dead. They went from worshiping Paul to stoning Paul. (laughs) They went from Paul and Barnabas being gods to now stoning them. You know, people just fickle. Verse 20, after the disciples gathered around him, he got up and went into the town. The next day he left with Barnabas for Derby. Okay, uh, so they, they dragged Paul out. They stoned him. They thought he was dead, but he wasn't dead. The disciples grabbed, uh, gathered around him and went into the town and then they left. They went to the next place. It says, they returned to Lystra and Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to continue in the faith. And by telling them, it is necessary to go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Now, we don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear this, but it's the truth. If we're going to follow God, if we're going to sincerely follow God, there are going to be times where it's going to be difficult because people are going to um, try to get you to do things that aren't godly. Uh, people are going to mock you for some of your beliefs. People are going to call you stupid, and, and um, they're going to throw like science in your face. You know, I believe in science and that sort of thing. So uh, they're going to challenge you. It, says, it is necessary to go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. When they had appointed elders for them in every church and prayed with fasting and committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. And so he was, you know, Paul and and Barnabas, they're just being real with the people, letting them know what to expect. And they're commissioning churches as they're going along and laying hands on people. And verse 26. From there, they sailed back to Antioch, where they had been uh, commended to the grace of God for the work they had now completed. So they went on a mission trip, is what they did. They went on a mission trip, spreading the gospel, and they, 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 they gathered many peoples, and many converted, and many believed, but they were also persecuted. You know. But it says that they completed that work that God had called them to do. Let's go to chapter 15. It says, dispute in Antioch. This is, this is really important, you know, because uh, we deal with a lot of this stuff, not this exact issue, but a lot of this stuff we still deal with today. Some men, came, uh, from, someone came, some men came down from Judea and began to teach the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom prescribed by Moses, you cannot be saved. And so some people are coming from Judea. They're coming from Jerusalem. Some, some believers are coming from Jerusalem. They're going to Antioch. Where uh, the headquarters, Paul and Barnabas are kind of headquartered at. They're going to Antioch, and they're they're teaching against what Paul and Barnabas is teaching. They said, "Look, you need to be circumcised if you really want to be saved," you know, as presented by uh, by the prophet Moses. You know, you have to uh, hold on to the Mosaic law. In verse two, it says, "After Paul and Barnabas had engaged them in serious argument and in debate, Paul and Barnabas." And some others were appointed to go uh, to go up to the apostles and elders in Jerusalem about the issue. And so Paul and Barnabas are now going to go back to Jerusalem, you know, about this particular issues that this issue that these guys had come up to Antioch uh, to confuse the people with. And then it says in verse four, when they arrived at Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church, the apostles and the elders, and they reported all that God had done with them. But some of the believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said it is necessary to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. And so you had believers, but you you still had associations with their old groups. And so you had some Pharisees who converted and believed in Jesus, but they still had association with their pharisaical roots. And they were saying, no, 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 they have to be circumcised. The Jerusalem council in verse six, it says the apostle and the apostles and the elders gathered to consider this matter. After there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, brothers, you are aware that in the early days, God made a choice among you that by my mouth. So Peter saying that by my mouth, the Gentiles would hear the gospel message and believe. So he's saying, brothers, you are aware that God chose me to speak to the Gentiles, And God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he also did to us. He made no distinction between us and them. He being God made no distinction between us, the Jews, and them, the Gentiles, cleansing their hearts by faith. Now, then, why are you testing God by putting a yoke on the disciples' necks that neither our ancestors nor we have been able to bear? So is saying, look, we followed the Old Testament laws, the laws of Moses and whatnot, and we, will, we were not able to bear that. And now you're trying to put this yoke back on these new believers, these new disciples, when the Lord has already affirmed and confirmed them? What is your problem? In verse 11, he says, on the contrary, we believe that we are saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus in the same way they are. He's saying our circumcision our, our is... Circumcision isn't held against us, but it's not necessary. In verse 12, the whole assembly became quiet and listened to Barnabas and Paul describe all the signs and wonders God had done through them and among the Gentiles. After they stopped speaking, James responded, brothers, listen to me. Simeon has reported how God first intervened to take uh, from the Gentiles a people for his name. And the words of the prophets agree with this as it is written, after these things, I will return and rebuild David's fallen tent. I will rebuild its ruins and set it up again so that the rest of humanity may seek, verse 17, so that the rest of humanity may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who are called by my name declares the Lord, who makes these things known from long ago. And so uh, James got up and recited uh, the, the, the Old Testament scripture saying that, look, look, Confirming that, yes, the Lord says the Gentiles are going to be eligible to be called by my name. Then in verse 19, he says, therefore, in my judgment, we should not cause difficulty for those among the Gentiles who turn to God. And so, you know, James is saying that, look, we 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 shouldn't make this difficult. You know, we shouldn't make this. we, We shouldn't put artificial obstacles in their way. But instead, we should write to them to abstain from things polluted by idols, from sexual uh, immorality, from eating anything that has been strangled and from blood. And so so even as James is putting forth what they should do and not put obstacles in the way, this eating thing is still from the Levitical laws in the Old Testament. And Jesus even said it is not that what goes into a man's uh, mouth that defiles him, but what comes out of his heart. But we see here that James is human, and so he's still even hanging on to some things, even though he's defending them, not needing to be circumcised. It says, the letter to the Gentile believers. Then the apostles and the elders with the whole church decided to select men who were among them and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. Judas and Silas both went, uh, both leading men among the brothers, they wrote, and then they write a letter. It says, since we have heard Um, since we have heard that some without our authorization (laughs) went from us and troubled you with the words and unsettled your heart. Since some of these men came up and told you, you needed to be circumcised, even though they weren't authorized, it says for it was the Holy Spirit's decision, not ours for it was the Holy Spirit's decision and ours, not to place further burdens on you beyond these requirements, you know, abstain from certain foods uh, and sexual immorality and so on and so forth. And so, What happened then is after they sent the letter, it was read and the people rejoiced and they were encouraged. And so I'm going to stop it here and pick this up because there's something important that happens in the second half of this chapter. So we'll hit the second half of chapter 15 tomorrow. With that, everybody take care, stay safe, be blessed, and keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Bye-bye.